Come on in, guys, because it's time for another episode of Outwatch, a Survivor rewatch podcast where we week by week find old seasons of Survivor and recap, react, rewatch to those episodes. But today, we're in episode two of our special mini series, breaking down another highly touted CBS reality show. No, not Big Brother, not The Amazing Race, but the other member of the CBS reality Mount Rushmore, Kid Nation. Um, this is a wild reality show where they make a bunch of kids go and start a town, and it's morally questionable. Uh, but we've had a lot of fun watching and breaking them down. So um, Adam has uh, graciously volunteered to host us through this mini series. Um, and so, Adam, why don't you uh, just go ahead and take it away? Thanks, Alex. So, uh, yeah, I'm Adam taking over. Going to be leading us through uh, this little mini series here, like Alex said, but I am not doing it alone. Uh, we're going to we're going to start with uh, we, we I never gave anybody a question to think about before we started nope. um, shooting from the hip. So I guess uh, here's my question. Uh, it, let, let's go with this. Let's go with this. So of the uh, of the four showdowns we saw, uh, which one was the most horrifying? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the, the answer is easy. Yeah. I mean, there's an obvious answer, but, you know, just in case. Um, so let's uh, let's kick it over here to the uh, the person recording in the same room as me, Emily. Hello. Welcome to Outwatch. Thank you for having me. Yeah. As always. I tried to kick you off, but they wouldn't let me. So they, they tried to get rid of me after actually is what Can't happened. Can't get so. rid of us. <laughs> uh, what was the most horrifying showdown we saw this week? Well, I'm so glad I get to answer first because I will tell you about it. <laughs> it was pork and beans. Yep. <laughs> they had Jonathan, the host, described a huge skillet. It was a pen for pigs, but it was shaped like a skillet just for that kind of amusement. And there were a bunch of pigs in there and they were all standing in like six inches of beans. 1600 pounds of beans, I believe is what. Yeah, like canned beans. And the kids had to jump in there and fish around for a can for their team. And it was unnecessary. (laughs) (laughs) There were elements that made no sense. This was this was the kind of thing where it was like, how far is too far to fit something into a theme? (laughs) I will let others continue to talk about this because I know it's their answer, too. Uh, Hey, Scott, welcome to Outwatch. Hey, how's it going? It's going fantastic. What was the most horrifying showdown we saw this week? Oh, I got to piggyback off of the pork and beans. Piggyback. 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 I did not even mean to pun that. It's not intended, but it works out. Yeah, I was I was grossed out. That's like the only one that I was like, oh, I, I don't know. I just don't. I'm not a fan of like, I personally don't enjoy like getting super gross and dirty. Like as a kid, that wasn't me. Mm. So watching that, I was not having a good time. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, on, a, on a scale of one to ten, how good is the uh, the pun, the joke, pork and beans in this showdown? I'm gonna go with a solid five. Ah, that's mm-hmm. that's pretty middle of the road. Pop I would say. out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, let's kick it over to Jen. Jen, welcome to Outwatch. Thank you. Thank you. What was the most horrifying showdown we saw this week? Um, 
was the pork and beans where they got um where they received fruit and vegetables as their reward uh i believe so hold on yeah. let me check real quick that I was so. part of also the horrifying part is that these children should just have been given fruit and vegetables from the very beginning. <laughs> and yes. it shouldn't be a reward to have nutrition. Correct. <laughs> and then I would also like to uh, make note of Greg nearly causing a concussion mm-hmm. or brain injury as he dove headfirst into just two feet of beans. Listen, this is just how much that guy cares. <laughs> a lot of grit there. A lot of grit. Yeah. So. Oh, and uh, and then you've already heard his voice, but Alex, welcome to Outwatch. Hi. What was the most horrifying <laughs> showdown this week? Yeah, um, it's got to be pork and beans, and it's not close. Um, you know how in in uh, Survivor Kageyan, there was the Outback Steakhouse reward. Yes. <laughs> Bush's baked beans really missed an opportunity here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! So, uh. This is Kid Nation. If you didn't listen to the last episode, I highly recommend you go back and listen to that because this show is crazy and we really uh, just take a beat to uh, digest how awful it is. Uh, Much and, like and, and those if you children are watching, digested those beans. Yeah, exactly. If you are watching along at home, which uh, I don't think any of us recommend you do, um, maybe, maybe, maybe you want to just... I don't know what kind of person you are, but uh, if you are watching at home, um, I, I think it is really therapeutic just to talk about it. So uh, that's what we're here for today. In fact, it may be the only way that you're able to watch it. Yeah, it's it's probably I recommend getting a group of people to watch it with and then just digest it because you're going to watch it on your own. It's or little, just let us do that, you know, yeah, you know or don't just leave it. Listen, there's in these trying times, there are heroes on the front lines everywhere. Healthcare workers, delivery drivers, um, all of these essential services. And we here at Outwatch are honored to do to be doing the hard work of watching this show and talking about it so that you don't have to. I don't want to be compared to any, <laughs> or, uh, any first responder. Um, Listen, we're all just doing what we can. <laughs> I am literally wearing PPE right now for you, the listener. So, <laughs> so we watched uh, episodes four, five, six, and seven. Um, I, I, I grouped these together uh, because we've kind of talked about in episode one about how this was really set up to be a social experiment. Uh, and then CBS came along and turned it into a game show. And uh, no lawyers obviously got involved because it wouldn't have been made if that had happened. Um, but uh, episode four, five, six, and seven are really our uh, strongest theme episodes. And that's being really generous with episode uh, six and seven, I will say. Uh, but episode four, we decide the or Kid Nation decides that it is their responsibility to tackle the subject of religion. We see uh, religious strife when the council members mandate a religious service, though not any particular religion. Just uh, say that. I don't know, with some frequency, they're going to go to the chapel and have a religious service. Presumably the kids that are uh, uh, practicing different religions would talk about their religion. Um, And in the showdown, they actually choose uh, some religious texts in over uh, 
oh, what is the other thing? Putt putt. Yeah, they could have had putt putt or a selection of religious texts, uh, which we're, we'll co- we'll come back to that. Uh, episode five, we see the election of the town council. Basically, every uh, town council member is going to be up for election, and anyone in their district can run against them. Uh, Laurel's green team decides to not run anyone against her because she's doing a great job. Anjay faces Olivia for the blue team, but uh, Olivia doesn't get elected, so Anjay is still our council member. Taylor, who we've talked about uh, at length in the previous episode, uh, gets outed, ousted, ousted, I'm going to say ousted, uh, by Zach for the yellow team. And Mike, in what I would say is a pretty surprising uh, uh, loss, loses to Guylin for the red team, someone who we have seen maybe two times up at this point. So, uh, Kind of comes out of nowhere to be a main character on the show. Total blindside. Uh, this is also, I believe, the compromise episode. There was uh, apparently, allegedly, I've heard rumors of this episode. I've not heard any specifics, but there was apparently an episode of Kid Nation about politics where uh, things got so heated and divisive that they decided not to air the episode, which. I don't know how to respond to that because they aired the one about religion and then they aired this one and I don't know where they're drawing their lines, but I guess it's good to know there are some. Anyway, episode six, we see the town clean up the dump and uh, fight each other in 1600 pounds of beans and pigs, which uh, we, we just talked about. And that's apparently supposed to talk about pollution and recycling. They recycled the cans. Yeah, that they, they recycled the cans specifically for the challenge. Yeah, I remember when they wasted sixteen hundred pounds of beans. <laughs> I wanted to bring that up so badly. <laughs> um, and then episode seven, the town council finds a treasure chest and uh, needs to decide how to distribute the money to the town. And they decide to buy a bunch of instruments and baseball bats and footballs that the town can use together rather than give everybody money because in their own words, they'll spend it on dumb stuff like candy, which is supposed to help us talk about wealth inequality, I guess. And how are each of you spending your supplemental checks Mm. that we got from the government? (laughs) (laughs) Much to the government's chagrin, we are putting it into our savings. (laughs) No, we're spending it on candy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Jared. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so these are our four theme episodes, and I really think that's the way we need to kind of frame talking about them. Um, There there are previous episodes that definitely had strong themes uh, in, in what they were trying to tackle um, in episode two, they they decided to kill a chicken. And that was supposed to be the discussion of should we eat meat in our society? Um, and we learned that they're not very good at doing this. So obviously talking about religion, politics, uh, 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 pollution and recycling and uh, wealth inequality is probably not going to go super well. Uh, Let's start off with uh, Emily. How did you feel about the town elections? Did you feel like it was a good idea that the town council members that lost their election went to the same district? 
like when Mike lost, he was still a member of the red team mm. and had to serve under the man who usurped him alongside the people who voted against him. Um, yeah, I mean, that's how like general society works. It's true. Right. And I was interested to see the biggest thing. I'm going to redirect your question because this is what I have. You didn't need to say you were going to redirect your question. You could have so smoothly made me seem like a great interviewer by just redirecting. No, we have. (laughs) (laughs) No, the thing that I was thinking about this entire section of the episode um, was that the town was very um, routinely displeased with the council and they had a lot of complaints about them. And I was wondering when they got new people in power, would that change or would they just become just like Mm -hmm. displeased with who is in power afterward? We haven't seen that yet. I wonder if things will change. Um, But, you know, there's also the fact that the newly elected council members know what it's like now to be um, overseen by a council in this crazy world. So they have more perspective. Yeah. So that's, I think it's good that they did re-elections because people were getting real mad. Yeah. <laughs> what was your favorite fight that happened in that episode? For the council seats? Yeah. Uh, I, obviously they're playing this up like crazy, but uh, Taylor and the guy who got her seat. Zach. Yeah, Zach. She just like came up to him the next morning as he was ringing the bell to wake people up and she just screamed like <laughs> shut up or something. I was like this is like if people could do whatever they want and not act like adults that's probably how things would go for our politics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought that the it was a mess. I thought the election like voting stuff was some of the most like compelling stuff of the series so far. Like I was thinking like how could you format this show so that it ended like always ended in some sort of like not necessarily a re-election necessarily but like yeah I don't know like some sort of uh, situation where people can like I don't know some conditions have to be met where your your team holds an election and then there's like an election potentially I thought that was like good and like interesting to see so the big thing that really kept coming up during that episode that I thought that I thought was interesting, at least, was the idea of leader and follower. Uh, whenever whenever anybody was talking about whether they would make a good council member or it, whenever someone w- was talking to the camera about whether someone else would make a good council member, they kept repeating this phrase like, I think they're a good follower. Uh, Jen, how, we, how did we feel about this? this way of categorizing the world into leaders and followers. Hmm. Well, I think that's pretty black and white. Um, but I think it like made it easier for them to like, cause as children, like they do need some sort of like guide for them to make decisions, I guess, is what the production team was trying to help them distinguish the other children um, by, like, leader or follower. But I would say, like, they were, I don't know, I felt like they were saying more, like, 
they're calling everyone that was followers as like lazy. Like they were um like unmotivated. But I think that that's not necessarily like the definition of a follower. I was gonna, I guess I, yeah, I guess that's more the point of the question is what do we think they meant by leader and follower? Yeah, I think they were they were Yeah, I guess what I just said, but I felt like they were insinuating that anyone who was a follower was lazy or unmotivated or not doing their part to help create a better bonanza. And I don't think that's necessarily what usually necessarily followers are. Um, It seemed more like like they were talking about the, the word like leader was what they used for like the loud kids. Like the loud and um, like pushy kid, maybe not pushy, but like decisive ones. Right. And it was like Guylin, who it turns out is like probably a pretty good leader. Right. But is like more uh, like soft spoken and like has less of the mic screaminess, you know, and he was being called a follower. So, I, I, yeah, it's just like, you know, you think about those elementary like um definitions of leadership you know it's like who's the loudest (laughs) well i felt confused with that segment with guylin because it was like he wasn't strong enough to use a shovel so he was considered a follower was that what happened that you guys perceived as well in the next episode after after he won the election sorry yeah um they were they were taking the the garbage to the their dump site and they were digging out the hole and Guylin really wanted to get in there with a shovel but wasn't all that effective because he's 11 years old and Greg's 15 <laughs> right um, and uh and, and yeah there definitely seemed to be that definitely seemed to be like the undertone of what they were talking about in the next episode as far as like was he really a leader can he do this is he physically strong enough um I think Kelly in episode five, the election episode, summed it up really well in a way that I I felt really. It, it helped me understand what they were coming from, uh, where she said, look at George W. Bush. He's not smart at all. And he won the presidency twice. That was that was incredible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which I, I think really shows that like they're really not looking for. I mean, like you said, they're not looking for necessarily someone who is a good leader in the way that it, us adults would talk about it. But in that sense of they're really loud or really bossy. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. That's about the extent of the thought yeah. on it. Um, <clears throat> was there anything else about the election that we found shocking or interesting? It, to me, it was just so I thought it was great. Like it was a really I agree with Alex. It was a really interesting moment where the kids suddenly get to choose their leader. But also some of like, do, do we feel like any of the grudges were manufactured or. Anything like that, like, do, do we feel like Taylor was forced out in any way, I guess, Scott, you're the one who claims that Greg was a plant. <laughs> How scripted do we do you think that the elections were? Um, I don't. I didn't get the vibe that they were super scripted. Of course, I tend to like take things at face value besides the Greg thing. Um, So I didn't get that vibe. I felt like, you know, for like the 
first three or four episodes, I feel like, yeah, the most of the kids really were not happy with how the council was doing things. And it seemed like Taylor kind of caught a lot of the flack for that because of either, you know, the yellow team and doing the cooking and the dishes and stuff. It seems like, you know, she caught a lot of flack for them not being very productive, I guess, in that regard. So I could easily see where some, like the somebody on the yellow team would not be happy with that. Now, as far as her reaction to it, um, again, I didn't get the vibe that she was like super pushed in that direction. Um, but mm-hmm. so that's open to interpretation, I guess. This is definitely Zaggy. definitely mm-hmm. the most like survivory that this got. <laughs> Not only in the like presentation of uh, cut rate probst Jonathan, like you know, reading the ballots and like flipping them over, like doing his best probst impression. Mm-hmm. Like in the yellow team, um, yeah, like Zach was talking about oh, effectively alliances, right? Where it's like, man, Taylor has like all the girls. So I just need to like flip one girl. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, the way that you manufacture a vote in Survivor. Yeah, I was like really intrigued by all that sort of stuff. Does anyone feel sorry for Taylor? I do. You would. <laughs> do you do you want do you want to talk about that? I think Emily does yeah, at least a little bit too. And and I my the big thing for me, I don't think I necessarily felt sorry for Taylor until the actual votes were read. Um, because when the votes are being read, every time Taylor every time Zach gets a vote, everyone, mm-hmm. everyone at Bonanza cheers. And every time Taylor gets a vote, no one cheers. Yeah. So yeah. I, I guess like you, if you want to talk about that, Jen, you, you can go first. Yeah. I'm only saying she doesn't want to. So No, Jen was going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I think like it's it's just so sad. Like as much as I I think the biggest problem, well, there's so many problems with this show, but one of them is how much they make me dislike these children. And right, like she's <laughs> yes. the villain. And so there's times where I'm like saying mean things under my breath towards Taylor at the TV and I'm like oh my gosh this is awful and this episode actually was the one that made me look up Taylor yeah Yeah, I looked over and Jen was on like Taylor's Instagram (laughs) yeah I've I've looked at her Instagram (laughs) and like I don't know yeah I've already said this probably I think about Greg last time but like they're not developed they're so much of what they're doing is based off of their homes or like how they grew up and they're in this scenario with no supervision and no parents like you know encouraging them or reprimanding them to the point where like Alex's fix for Taylor was to lock her up that was (laughs) (laughs) yeah he was like just put her in jail which like well, if there's no, there has to be some sort of, this is, was the, the conundrum when they were like, okay, Taylor, you have to do this job. And she was just like, no, now you reach the societal impasse where it's like, what happens when a group in power says you have to do something and someone says, no, there has to like, there has to be some punishment, right? Or like, yeah, something <laughs> to deter them from just saying no it's like they do they need a jail <laughs> like how do you stop this from just happening over and over again yeah and i think something that's strange is that i 
I kept waiting during the voting for Jonathan to like, I don't know, like what you expect a teacher would do in that moment, which is like, guys, like, be nice. Like Taylor has feelings too. Like, I don't know, like just what you imagine somebody trying to like care for that person's feelings instead of just letting them get roasted up there. Uh, But there's none of that. There's no monitoring. Yeah. And if Jonathan really did his Probst research, he would know how much Probst loves the kids. Um, All you have to do is watch one Survivor live reunion show to know that. Uh, No way would our man Jeffrey Probst allow these kids to be to be hurt so badly he would he would make bonanza a better city Mm. (laughs) jeffrey is the problem (laughs) with jonathan jonathan not jeffrey (laughs) make bonanza great again (laughs) so i there there's an interview that the av club did uh a while back and i was just rereading it to make sure i got the people right but they actually interview uh they interview a few people on the show, but they interview Anjay too. Like recently? Yeah, it would, yeah, it would have been in 2018, 2019. Oh, okay. He okay. he works for Microsoft now. He's fine. Don't worry about Anjay. <laughs> um but uh he, he's talking about kind of specifically this election cycle um that we see here because Olivia is really pitted against him as someone who hates Anjay. And and I think that like this is really the problem with putting kids and I think Jen really summed it up well too. This is really the problem with putting kids in reality TV shows because in order to create a story, someone has to be the villain. There needs to be someone to root for and there needs to be someone to root, <coughs> excuse me, against. Uh, and in the case of Taylor, like that really doesn't seem fair to make the villain a 10 year old. Uh, and in the case of Anjay, it hardly seems fair to make it Olivia too. But Andre talks about how Olivia and him are still friends. Like they still talk to each other. And he's like, if I ever get married, like she's invited to my wedding. Aww. Which is really cool. But it also shows how, especially in this case, how manipulative the show is. In making us feel these certain ways about different people. Mm-hmm. And especially children. <laughs> which sucks. Uh, when in reality, it probably wasn't that bad. Like, I'm sure there were moments because, I mean, moment I've worked at summer camp. I know what kids are like, but I, I, I don't know. I guess, like, do you, Emily, do you do you want to talk more to that or do you feel like. Um, which isn't to say yeah. that Kid Nation has done like did an amazing job and we're just ripping apart for no reason. I want to be clear about that. <laughs> Yeah, no. I, I just don't want to be an apologetic for a condition. Yeah, Sorry. No, you're, you're giving me a look and no, I just no, want no, to be no. like. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I think um, that's something that's in my head all the time when I'm watching this train wreck is that uh, I don't know how much of this is scripted. And I'm like Scott in which I take things as face value, but I did some research when we did our first episode. And I just read a couple of things like, you know, yeah, some things were just from people who had been on it. Yeah, some things were scripted, some like, you know, just having them repeat something that they said or maybe even leading them. Um, And I think they really did that with Taylor. And I think just kind of like reiterating what everyone said too, like what Adam said, I think to make TV interesting, you want to have conflict. Um, And what 
Jen said is you find yourself really despising a child, which is completely messed up. Right. Right. So I, I wonder, I haven't read anything from Taylor. I wonder how she feels about what happened. Cause I have a sense that I'm sure some of what we saw, she was being genuine, but I'm sure that they also just really crafted a narrative about her too. Um, and she's cried a lot. Like even when she was on the council, they would go to their meetings and people would ask, or Jonathan always asks, you know, are you happy with the job the council's doing? And it was always no. And people would complain about Taylor. And there were a couple of times that she would just sit up there in front of everyone and start crying. And that's like, that's not okay. (laughs) Even if she were being a total brat and like, wasn't helping at all to shame her in front of a group of her peers is probably not the best way to deal with that. <laughs> yeah. I don't agree. Uh, so I have no idea. I just, I want to see the unaired episode about politics. Cause I just <laughs> want to know so badly. Well, it would be interesting. I mean, it wouldn't, I'm not, ple- no, none of this, but it would be interesting because of the time <laughs> in which it was aired. Right. Well, it's it's the height of the Iraq war. Because um, we're already hearing kids saying some things about the president and right. politics in any of the other episodes. Right. I just cannot imagine like how that. The, the problem, the problem is. Uh, I, I guess one, one of the problems with especially really young kids talking about politics is they we I mean, have a tendency to parrot what our parents think and say. And so I'm just so curious what this is about, because, I mean, how fully formed of an opinion can a child have about politics? I mean, an 11 year old. Um, This aired in 2007. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 2007, uh, height of the Iraq war. Obama's starting to make a name for himself, but he's uh, not. we're, We're about we haven't started the primary yet for the Democrats. Um, so with, with all that in mind about politics, uh, how do we feel they covered religion? (laughs) Uh, my favorite little one tooth Alex had his shining moment in this episode. He's a great kid. (laughs) When he took the survey. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. That was good. So, so Alex, uh, He's he's eight years old, eight or nine, something eight like that. Eight or nine, yeah. something like that. Um, but he he wanted to know what religion everyone identified with uh, in the town, and so he goes and takes a survey and just asks people, and then charts it. And it was actually really, it was fairly interesting how I, I, I guess it, it seemed like they got a pretty decent demographic of people. Like I, it would have been easy just to get a bunch of. Christians and uh, Jewish people on the show, but it, it seemed like they actually got more than just that. At least, at least one Hindu kid. Um, yeah, what, what was interesting was like how he uh, was smart enough, or I don't know, maybe people like told him and he added it to his thing. But he would be like, you know, okay, are you Catholic or Protestant, or like, right, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, are you um, oh. Uh, progressive or um, oh, I'm blanking on the other like 
sect of uh, Judaism that's more like traditional now. Orthodox. Yeah, Orthodox. Yeah. or whatever. I don't know yeah. if he used the right word, but... I was like, dang, how does this kid know? Yeah, <laughs> right. and like, he had Sunni and Shiite. He had the Sunni yeah, and the Shiite, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like really impressive. Yeah, it, it was a very well done survey. Um, it's 2007. Grading on a curve, how well do we think the show talked about religion? I think that like this one was interesting to me as well. And like, I think like what I have my blanket statement about this show and my experience with the show is that like, obviously it's deeply problematic and like a lot of it is really icky, <laughs> but within that there's like these moments where you're like really proud of these kids, <laughs> you know, or like you're inspired by, um, yeah, like their choices or whatever. And like in the midst of, you know, the people being like ignorant or dismissive or um, trying to like, I don't know, uh, standardize how they're going to like practice religion out here or whatever. There's like that uh, scene where they have like a prayer service or whatever, or like around the fire and there's um, yeah, the kids like, doing the things that they would do in their own like religious practice, you know? And like at one point Zach, like does a Hebrew prayer or whatever, which I thought was really cool and like really brave of this kid to like be in this group of um, kids who have probably like made it clear that most of them are um, like <laughs> scared or uncomfortable by religions other than their own, you know, I thought that was a really cool moment. And then there were like some kids who, um, talked about how that was like really meaningful to them too. And like caused them to, yeah, see like the share, they didn't use these words, but the like shared humanity, <laughs> right. Like between these people who like practice different religions. So obviously it was like, most of it was problematic, but within that there were these like <laughs> shining moments where it's like, wow, that's actually like pretty cool. Um, and that I'm like, yeah, these kids are like, that's a cool thing that they did. And like, I don't know, it makes you proud of them. Yeah. I was going to say like, if you're asking me like how I thought the show like introduced it, I would say like very low grades. <laughs> um, <laughs> saying like, all right, we need religion. You guys want to do one service or, you know, you guys basically saying like, you have to do it. How do you want to do it? Kind of thing. And mm -hmm. then, like obviously that created a lot of issues around the town, but like, like Alex kind of said, I was kind of like, like, I don't know, like in the midst of all the chaos, like, like in these four episodes, especially like I found myself like, wow, that kid's really awesome. Like there's so many good kids on the show. Like, and like the, the prayer service, like the prayer circle around the fire, like that was just like a really uplifting moment. Cause like the kids truly, I thought handled it way better than like the adults who were, kind of pushing them in that direction wanted them to handle it i guess so that's kind of those were my thoughts on it i i would say in general i'm really impressed with this episode um i mean this is primetime cbs on a wednesday yeah uh and they decided to let a bunch of kids talk about religion i mean not obviously in a very robust way uh but they didn't just talk about one religion um, they don't have, at least they don't show them if they do have anyone who is a Muslim, 
but they do have a Quran as one of the holy books in the library, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, 2007, we're in the middle of a war in Iraq is a fairly, I don't know, in, in some senses, a fairly brave thing to do for CBS, I guess. I don't know if brave is the right word, but that's, that's the word I'm going to stick with. Um, it would have it would have been totally feasible that they didn't. Right, exactly. Yeah. It would have been like it this is something that someone I'm sure had to fight for. Mm. Because I'm sure when someone was like, Yeah, we're gonna make these kids talk about religion. And then, you know, when they're like, Yeah, we're gonna give them a holy book of libraries <laughs> or a, a a library of holy books, then they're like, Okay, well, what books do we include? And someone was like, We need to include the Quran. And someone was like, Well, yeah, but you can't show it on TV. Like, I'm sure that was a conversation that was had, and then it got fought against. Um this episode has uh, this one has the most survivory kind of uh, showdown, I think. Um, at least for a team challenge, it has uh, the steeplechase where they put the puzzle of a church steeple together because yep. it's a religious episode. Get it? Uh, and then they hmm. then they crank it up and like lift it up so it's upright. Uh, and then as a result. If everyone gets it done in time, they get to choose between uh, a putt-putt course in the middle of Bonanza or the Library of Holy Books. Which I love. Um, it's just so dumb. It's such a du- I, I love the rewards in these. Like They're so ridiculous. Did you guys catch um, how he phrased it? Yeah, it was uh, Holy, holy Books b- or Holy One or Hole in One. Holy Books versus Hole in One. Get out of here. I don't <laughs> yeah. even hear that. That is how he phrased it. I, yeah. oh, I shit you not. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's I was incredible. Like, oh my gosh. Uh, Jonathan! <laughs> um, he, also, he also described it as spiritual salvation versus instant gratification, which... Uh, Real good. I that's honestly is one of my favorite parts of the show is when Jonathan describes the uh the reward <laughs> in these little quippy ways. Hey, did you guys know that the gold star is worth its weight in gold? <laughs> Literally. Twenty thousand dollars. Twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> no, I just thought of is there gonna be a family visit? Oh. I mean, even Survivor does that. That's what yeah. I'm saying. So, like, is there going to be a bunch of parents here soon? No, so, no, there there won't be a family visit. I'm, I'm going to say that kind of tentatively because um, in a few episodes, I think it's closer to the end. They will get letters from home mm. if they as a reward. Uh, and then I know for the last episode of filming, which I don't, I don't know how you do that for reality shows that last you know three days for an episode uh but for for the last like day of filming or something like that the parents were allowed to come on set uh that seems like ever see them on tv but we do know they're there um which i think actually led to one of the start of a lawsuit for this show that never came to fruition Mm. yeah that's not surprising um yeah but but the lawsuit <laughs> time out before you before you did before you say that the lawsuit was primarily about uh a parent saying that someone was essentially coaching their kid in what to say oh and so they were suing because they were saying this isn't uh uh people on a reality show these are actors and if they're actors and they need to be a part of the 
actors union and they right. have rights, different rights. than if you're just a contestant on a reality show, so they just wanted to make more money off their kid. I'm, I'm not going to go that far. I mean, there's definitely a, there, there's definitely a safety thing that could have fed into that. And just like to show yeah. you guys, we're going to do it this way, but whose mom was that guys? Was it mm. Taylor? Mike? <laughs> Do you know who was? Uh, I don't Greg? know, actually. It didn't. I, I don't think. Be, I think because the lawsuit was never actually like filed, we don't know. It's all kind of hearsay. Um. Yeah, I, I have no idea. Uh, I do know. So in episode seven that we watched, um, Devad burned her face with grease. Yikes. Um. It was. It was pretty minor. Like, let's give the audience a, an idea of what's happened. So she's frying yeah. potatoes in a pan and she's some grease girl. came up and splattered her a bit on mm-hmm. the face, which is not OK. No, no, but no. I when you say that, I'm imagining her dunking yep. herself. You're right. in grease. That's not what happened. <laughs> I framed that poorly. <laughs> Just so, so everyone knows. <laughs> uh, so that was, I believe, the second biggest injury of the season. Um, the first biggest was a group of kids uh, drank bleach. Okay, I forgot about that. Did they ever show that? Do they acknowledge that? I don't remember. Off the top of my head, I don't remember. I feel like they... That's just something I read. Wait, when did that happen? It hasn't happened yet. If if they do show it, it hasn't happened yet. But I don't okay. think it actually does make it into the show. That seems like I'm something not... to sweep under the rug if you're seeing yeah. it. Yeah. So, yeah, which... It, which what happened was uh, in the in the speakeasy... Uh, the cleaning solution that they were using um, for the bottles apparently looks a lot like cream soda. And uh, mistakes were made. Mm-hmm. Uh. But they just took like one drink. Yeah, I, no one was seriously injured from it. Uh, I think the only um, this I hate that I'm about to say it, phrase, phrase it this way. The only big character that I think it affected was DK. Um. What a, yeah. by the way, what a legend DK yeah. is. Let's talk about DK. DK's awesome. Let's actually let's go around real quick and we'll ask like who who was our favorite person over these four episodes. Let's start with Scott. Who who are your favorite people? And it's allowed to be DK. Okay. Um DK's up there. Um I really like the Zach kid a lot. Mm-hmm. Um and I also found myself like empathizing with the Nathan kid as well. And mm. seven, the one who won the gold star. Homeschool kid. Homeschool Nathan. Yeah. Uh, Jen. Who's your favorite uh, kid in the whole, in, in, in these four episodes? Pick your favorite kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wasn't ready to be asked second. Um, <laughs> I really liked Sophie until um, she did the whole like make a vomit bucket, mm. <laughs> put the coin at the bottom and entertain me. I love Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, she's Sophia is Sophia's a member of the merchant class mm-hmm. and uh, talk, talk about what she did to to get the kids to entertain her in town. <laughs> Yeah, so she decided that everybody was so desperate for money 
that she wanted to see if they were desperate enough to stick their hand in a bucket full of uh it's mostly beans yeah beans rotten fruits and vegetables dirty water maybe yeah oatmeal oh, yeah so just leftover food scraps mixed it together and said there's 50 cents in here stick your hand in and whoever gets it takes it and these poor little kids who are desperate for money are sticking their hands in this gunk listen who among us hasn't stuck their hands in gunk for 50 cents <laughs> I guess I guess my follow up question, Jen, would be, do you think that life imitates art or that art <laughs> imitates life? Oh, my goodness. Gosh. <laughs> yeah. And then at the same time, I don't know if I'm any better than Sophie and I probably would have done the same thing. <laughs> so maybe I was just more disgusted at myself. <laughs> so my final answer is Sophie. Sophia. Uh Alex, who's your favorite who's your favorite child? Um <laughs> this this podcast is real weird if we really dissect it, huh? <laughs> loved the whole uh DK Guylin um relationship dynamic. That was pretty pretty sweet. Um yeah, that whole episode when DK's about to leave is just like a real DK heavy episode. Um really gets fleshed out. Um, yeah, and it was his character was really good and like almost like a tragic character, like the hero who dies to save the group, if not for <laughs> for Guylan bringing him back and letting him get his money. That was great. I also love Jared. Jared cracks me up. And like when he makes these necklaces from like burning um, like souvenir necklaces by using a, a magnifying glass. And then he goes to the the shop and buys like a full on, I don't know, get up and twirls his yeah, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. twirls his candy cane around. That was some some high quality stuff. Someone directed him to twirl the candy cane because it made him look more like a pimp. I just like we need to acknowledge <laughs> that. Absolutely. Um, do you well, think that... like holy banana bread? Wasn't that thing <laughs> yeah, you said I at one point? <laughs> Do you think do you think that uh, Jared actually burned the inscriptions in those wooden necklaces? Well, he used a burnt end of a stick as like a sharpie. Gotcha. Oh, like interesting. as a pen. That was my interpretation. I, I thought that he was like laser cutting the <laughs> words with the magnifying glass, but it makes a lot more sense. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that too, Alex. I find it it hard to believe that he created any of those. But how else is it happening? (laughs) Happening right now. Uh, Emily, who's your favorite uh, favorite child in these four? Too late. It's Uh, happening right now. You the answer, but I was going to say DK because I noted that. Right when they started actually paying attention to DK more and adding him to more scenes. But he just seems very, in these past episodes, he's very calm and he's very insightful. Um, I don't remember the specifics, but I remember thinking kids would be in fights and stuff and DK would come along and say something that really got to the heart of the matter. Mm. Um, 
And he was, yeah, he was just really kind with everybody. Um, and he was expending all of his emotional and mental energy on these people that led him to want to leave. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he did it. And he won a gold star. It's very so, like noble, right? Where he's like, yeah. the, his reason for leaving, which he ultimately doesn't act on, isn't like, I'm homesick or this is too hard. It's like, <laughs> this is like a place that I don't want to be because there's like people who are more important to me. And this is like hard to have to deal with emotionally. Right. You know, it's yeah. like the best, you know, reason we've seen. Uh, yeah. Oh, so also I mean, Colton say... and his girlfriend. That that's another that was a point. big deal. Do you think they're still together? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they're married. Let's 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 come back to that because I do want to circle back to that. But uh, focusing on DK for a second. Um, I guess the list of things I have for DK, uh, he he encourages Guylin after Guylin has the issues with uh, digging the hole. Uh, DK and Blaine he's there we need to give Blaine more credit for when he's there <laughs> um, you know Greg and Blaine he's, ah. Blaine is Blaine of Greg and Blaine okay <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> genuinely didn't know who that was so, so DK and Blaine bring the town together to haul water when the thing is empty uh, and then there's the whole like kids are fighting in the middle of the town square and DK yells at them and really says like helps focus them in on let's make the town better by being better ourselves. And then everyone is yelling at Taylor at the town hall, even though Taylor's not a council member. Um, and DK is basically like y'all are bullying Taylor. Uh, let's not do that. Um, and actually there, there are some I, I've read in a few different places for recaps of the show that say that Taylor almost left that episode, but because of DK stayed, I don't know how true that is because it doesn't, it doesn't seem to me like that's the case in that episode, but I, I don't know. Um, so, so DK really like stands out uh, in that episode. But the other thing to remember about that episode is that's the episode where Taylor is really being shown as a villain. And so basically the whole episode is Taylor's a villain. Here's DK. Taylor's a villain. Here's DK. DK comes to the rescue of Taylor. Which feels really manipulative to me. <laughs> At the end of the day, like, I, I think DK really seems like a good guy, but I, I don't know. This, th that episode in particular really, like, rubbed me the wrong way in terms of the way this show is produced. Especially given the whole, like, kid thing that we've talked about. Uh, in the earlier part of this episode, um, yeah, not wanting to hate kids. <laughs> At the town meeting, like if you guys remember, Taylor was crying so hard oh, when yeah. DK like stood up and said he wanted to leave. Like they panned over to Taylor, and she was a mess. Yeah, and so I believe like she wanted to leave. I, yeah, I mean, I would believe it. Yeah. Um, okay, I want to move on to showdowns and then we'll go through like the town hall really quick, go through people leaving and the gold stars. Uh, unless there's something else that someone that we want to talk about. 
All good. All right. On. So we've talked about the showdowns a little bit already. Uh, two of them, at least. Um, the steeple chase was episode four, the one about religion. They build a church steeple, uh, the holy books versus the hole in one reward. Um, yeah, I don't know if we need to talk about that anymore. Uh, it was good. It was very survivory. It was fun. Yeah, it was very survivory. Yeah, well, survivory. It was a good challenge. Not, not a lot to dissect about it, honestly. Um, the episode five, the oh, episode five is called Viva la Revolution because that's what Zach yells after he gets elected. <laughs> um, this one is uh the president pinata ones. So ah. everyone runs out into this field that has a bunch of pinatas hanging out or hanging in it. And uh, they break it open. And if there is a baseball card of a president, a U.S. president on it, uh, they bring it back. And then the town council leader for that district uh, has to put it in historical order. Uh The two rewards for this one um, are it's a barbecue uh, in which Jonathan calls it a political party. Yeah, no, Jonathan. I don't understand. Um, (laughs) Versus toothbrush, floss and mouthwash, which you probably could have gotten a hint of because right before the showdown, a group of girls are brushing their teeth with baking soda and saying, I really could use a toothbrush. How they always make it real subtle. I know. How did they not give those kids toothbrushes? Right. That's a really interesting question. Especially (laughs) because as they were deliberating, Laurel was like, yeah, you know, I have braces. I know a lot of people have braces here. We really need toothbrushes. Um, Yeah, you do. (laughs) You have a college education's amount of money in your mouth. (laughs) So brush your teeth. I cannot believe they did not give them toothpaste. I think that I gave them baking soda. They said like this is this will have to be better than the baking soda. Yeah. So were I, they using their fingers? That's so that's the thing is the show or the episode right before it they are they don't have a toothbrush. It's just their fingers and baking soda. I don't It has to be staged. Right? I, yeah, I can't believe it though, right? Good grief. That's not a thing. Like you get a toothbrush on Survivor, don't you? Like it's... I actually just looked it up. They, uh, it seems like they give them, um, like a very simple toothbrush and yeah, like baking soda, but not like, um, toothpaste. minty toothpaste. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, which makes I I don't know. This is the episode that this is one of those episodes that makes me really question how much is staged versus reality show um because i mean like we said it's very unlikely that these kids didn't have a toothbrush but if that was the case why wouldn't the town council pick a barbecue if they have a toothbrush already mm-hmm. yeah they probably didn't have toothbrushes <laughs> so yeah gosh i don't know what's happening um anyway this show's awful <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the next episode, episode six, uh, is the cans hidden in the sixteen hundred pounds of beans with pigs. Yeah, just move uh, on because it's pork and beans. 
I always thought it would be funnier if they did this episode and then the next and, and then did the previous episode. So it looked like the barbecue was with the pigs that they had. Oh. Mm. <laughs> um, Let's not forget that they showed all these girls and stuff covered in meat. And then they were like, no, we don't want it. Where did it go? <laughs> did we throw it away? Great question. I was upset by that. Probably. Probably. That's a really, I mean. I literally thought to myself, was it plastic? <laughs> was it like the little kid toys where you have like fake hot dogs and stuff? It went in the same place with the 1,600 pounds of baked beans. <laughs> and the That's pizza probably, party. If they, had chosen, if they had chosen the barbecue party, they probably would have eaten the baked beans. But then they had a bunch of them left over. So they're like, well, we'll throw them in the pen with some pigs. <laughs> Uh, this episode's reward is it's up there as some of my favorite duality. It's uh, dune buggies with unlimited gas versus uh, fresh fruits and veggies. Uh, which I guess is supposed to emphasize the choice between pollution versus not pollution. <laughs> yeah, that one was a stretch too. Yeah. It's Mother Earth versus fossil fuels. Yes, yeah, that's, that's what he right. Said. That's right. <laughs> what did he say? What Mother Earth versus Mo- fossil yes, fuels. Yes, Mother Earth. Yes. I made it a point to write down all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I so appreciate that. I think that I was usually like... write them down. I write it. Oh no, I did write down that over here. I missed it. I wrote it down the wrong place. I think that was um, like the camera crew going back to the main people and saying like. Hey, like we just noticed a lot of the kids coming up and saying that all they have are potatoes. <laughs> um, do you, you know, the next one, can we like maybe make a, I don't know, the fruit, vegetables, <laughs> fruit? It's, can we get Pharaoh cucumber? <laughs> <laughs> a picture of him sending some intern to Walmart real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I need all of your vegetables. <laughs> we, got, we got 40 kids. We've only been feeding them potatoes. <laughs> we realize well, really that our mistake, right? <laughs> no, no, no. It's for TV. It's fine. <laughs> Maybe it like, helped I'm with calling their, the police. <laughs> their cavities didn't happen because they're just eating potatoes. <laughs> uh, um. That's the episode, too, where we see Taylor and Layla are put on dish duty and they decide to make fruit salad instead. This is the episode immediately after Zach wins the election and Zach refuses to pay them, which, oh, man, we got some drama coming and then we never hear another word about it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, like that could be the um, the punishment that is necessary. It's like. All right, you don't do your work, you don't get paid. That's fair. <laughs> uh, and then in episode seven, we get the egg launch, uh, which is where half of the team or uh, a majority of the district is uh, using a slingshot to launch a golden egg over a wall. Uh, the, tr- the, the council leader is sitting uh, on top of that wall and watching the egg get slinged over it and then directing the people on the other side of the wall to catch the egg in a uh, trampoline sort of thing. I don't know what it is. It looked like a kiddie pool that was covered with like uh, pantyhose. Like, yeah, like pantyhose, mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, and then whoever had the most eggs won. Uh, if they got the four dozen eggs and they got the reward, which was coin operated laundry machines. <laughs> 
or new clothes and pioneer laundry machines, which uh, did not take coins and required the kids to move a lever back and forth to wash them. They chose the new clothes and the pioneer washing machine. Good choice. This is day 21, 22, something like that. Um, so we're slightly over. I guess it's probably day 21. Yeah, because the root of all evil ends on day 22. So this is day 22. We are about halfway through. We're a little bit over halfway through the series at this point. They're there for 40 days. They've been there for two, three weeks, three weeks. And they just got a fresh pair of clothes. <laughs> something feels wrong. Yeah, it's, it's wild. Like something feels so wrong with this show. Um, <laughs> this, this challenge was pretty survivory too. I could see like a version of this. In fact, there have been like versions of this, you know, where it's like slingshot this thing out to the other people on your tribe and who, if you catch it, you get a point, you know. Did we like this challenge? I liked it. I thought that um, the the eggs. I'm, there was was there a thematic reason why they were eggs, or was it just like ooh gross? They were eggs? gold. Yeah, eggs. I was gonna say the theme uh, was that they were gold. <laughs> hashtag money. And they from, broke. <laughs> yeah, from like um, a visual perspective, I wish that it was something that was like easier to see, like flying through the air or yeah, being that's caught. Yeah, too. Um, like a bean bag or something. But I thought it was interesting and in that it was like a different sort of skill set and it requires um, the like team captain there in the middle to do some like strategic communication. I thought it was a fun one. I also had a hard time not thinking how wasteful it was. Yeah. But I think that's you, just... were, you were thinking that the kids could be eating these eggs yes. instead of the potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> uh, I want to know because they needed four dozen for the reward, which they got. I just want to know how many eggs they broke. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Definitely like two or three times that, right? Probably. I, it wouldn't surprise me. Do you guys think that the, they actually? Do the time that they say that they're timing it, or do they add time that we don't know about? Does that make sense? Yeah. I feel like there's times where they're like, this is going to take five minutes. I'm like, no way. This has been 15. Yeah. I've wondered that, like a version of that too, with like, how do they test these to know if this is going to be too easy or too hard and like what the time frame to shoot for is? Well, because what, it's what you don't see, what you don't see is the 40 kids that are off camera. <laughs> that are just testing everything. <laughs> I actually that's like a good point, because I, it seems like every challenge also like they finish right under the wire. Like, what if they don't actually have a time? Like, I don't know, maybe they add all the times and post like they don't actually say you have to do this in 15 minutes. They just like go and then they make yeah. it such that they always finish with three seconds left. Yeah, I actually had that thought today as we were finishing up because I remembered one of the first challenges was um, the 
reward that they chose were more outhouses because they only had one to begin with, which was disgusting. <laughs> and I thought to myself, they try so hard with these themes. Would they have actually continued the outhouse over to a next episode if they didn't win that challenge mm-hmm. to give them a number, another opportunity to win it? And so I just can't imagine some of these things that they've put up as rewards that they would just be like, all right, well, I guess they aren't brushing their teeth for 40 days. You know what I mean? Well, did they? They're going to share a toilet for 40 days. That's a good point because I think the time that they didn't win the reward, did they not win a reward? It was like the second episode, right? It was the only time they didn't actually win. But we didn't know what was in there. So maybe it was the same thing. Yeah. No, they they knew what was in there. It was uh, it was the frozen pumps and the or the the non freezing mm. pumps uh, and the right. and the water slide. Um, well, no, I guess they knew about the water, water slide. slide. They didn't know about the pumps until after. I I think that's a really interesting theory. I think it's wild to think though that they're like, well, they need we need to give them a washing machine, but we don't need to give them more than one water pump. And one that doesn't freeze. I don't know. I, I, yeah. I, think, I think you're right, though. That timing question is, it seems suspect, to say the least. It's like they always finish right at the buzzer. Right. The, like, eggs one is different in that, like, it's get this many things, you know, so it's not a time limit. It's like a, a counting thing. Right, but they needed they needed forty eight eggs, and the blue district collected thirty eight. Yeah, wild. Um, I know for I know that the next two episodes they do fail the task, but I don't remember off the top of my head what the rewards are. Spoilers! Whoa. Spoilers! Sorry, I know you guys are so invested in this. <laughs> Our viewers are. <laughs> uh, okay. Anything else anyone want to say about the uh, the showdowns? Honestly, I like the showdowns. I think they're fun. I think the challenges are stupid or the <laughs> the rewards are stupid. But like, I don't know. I think generally speaking, they're pretty fun. Fun things. Yeah. Besides pork and beans, I thought they're all pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> pork and beans is the epitome of something that would absolutely happen at a camp if someone <laughs> had enough beans. <laughs> yeah yeah i was thinking that too of like man this is terrible but then i did think like actually i'm sure there's summer camps that have done this i i thing. described in the last episode a game that we played in a mud pit where we caught pigs this is not this is not that far removed from that game <laughs> somehow a bunch of loose beans though sounds so <laughs> much worse than mud and also the pigs were not necessary <laughs> It was pork and beans. What do you mean it wasn't? They were looking for cans in the muck of beans. They touched the pigs. So the pigs were kind of like huddled in the corner, I feel like. Yeah. Well, it's also like they basically were like, it's not going to be gross enough for the kids to dig through beans. We need the kids to also dig through pig poop. I didn't even think about that being in there, too. Right. This is he's getting worse. Those pigs are over there in the corner like, uh, guys, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> what's all this? these beans? Or what are these small things running around for? <laughs> I'm into the beans, but. 
I feel like it also adds like I think I just think I don't know I'm worried about the little ones but I'm like an element of danger or unnecessary risk with these pigs like hurting the children which maybe that isn't true but I felt that way with the sheep as well that Mm -hmm. like there's just moments within the show that I feel like there's just we're just minutes away from an ER visit um like with Taylor and the slamming doors I was like oh like I was flinching Mm. like oh fingers like oh her finger like she's gonna get hurt (laughs) like I was just like holding my breath just waiting for something to get smashed yeah I I just I want to read more about injuries on this show but it's just a couple of big things is all or the kids with the the vegetable peeler yeah I hate that I hate that yeah I mean yeah I know that kids like are fully capable of cutting fruits and vegetables but like you teach them you give them teaching knives and you work with them <laughs> and then they work up to peelers and the sharp knives and it's just crazy. Yeah. I I have no idea how they got away with this. Um, I really want to believe that we see these really small snippets of the kids cooking and in reality there's an adult doing most of it. That has to be it, right? How are these kids like making enough food for them to like live off of every day? Deal with it. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> if they don't like my corn and potatoes, then they're just gonna have to deal with it. That was my Taylor. I'm a beauty queen. <laughs> <laughs> Which I did check it out. She did win a very big crown when she was little. <laughs> How does it compare to a Zeta Pledge crown? I mean, <laughs> it puts yours to shame. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Um. All right. Let's run through the town halls and the uh, the gold stars real quick. Uh, episode four. We see Cody leave. Uh, he he missed his girlfriend, who he's liked since third grade. He's nine years old. As a reminder, you go to third grade around nine years old. So <laughs> it's not that long um, in the life of a child. It's exceptionally long. We get a really emotional goodbye from this. And uh, Morgan, who was the one who organized the prayer, uh, the, in, the, the inter interfaith prayer uh, wins the gold star and uh, which is worth its weight in gold. Literally. Literally. <laughs> Episode five, uh, no one leaves. Um, I don't think anyone even like attempts to leave. Uh, at least doesn't show it. The gold star finally goes to Greg. And we get the shortest phone call home. Oh, it got cut far. for time, right? It was in like the end credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The credit sequence. I have a theory about this. Um, I think we're sort of left to interpret and we've said this a few times that we're not too sure about Greg's home life. Mm. Uh, I think that if they showed too much of that phone call, we would have learned that his mother was a very loving person. Um, 
Yeah, I got that from the two seconds I saw. I was like, oh, shoot. Yeah. I misread that she, they're actually great. And he's just a teenager. Yeah. So, so part of me wonders how much of it was cut because of how much of, how much of the election and other stuff that they extend in order to cut his, um, his phone call because it kind of messed with the image they were trying to portray. Uh, which is awful, but I wouldn't put it past the show at this point. Yeah, I just assumed that when, with the like election taking up so much time that they just cut it for time. Yeah. And it could just be that. Uh, we get the election. Like you said, Zach beats Taylor. Uh, Guylin beats Mike. And then Laurel and Anjay stay in their uh, respective seats. Uh, we've, I feel like we've pretty much talked about that to death. Um, episode six, the trash one, the town hall. Uh, is, this is the one where uh, everyone's yelling at Taylor and DK stands up. We almost get a Taylor, or, uh, sorry, excuse me, a DK exit and by extension, a Taylor exit. But uh, Guylin convinces him to stay and DK gets the gold star because he's been crushing it. Uh, and then episode seven. No one leaves. Right? Yeah, no one leaves. Um Nathan apparently almost leaves, though. Uh there, there he he says for half a second he considered leaving. Um but Nathan goes on to win the gold star. Uh Nathan was the homeschooled kid. We haven't really talked about him at all, and I don't think we need to go too in depth into him because we've been on this, we've been watching this town for 20 days and, uh, we just now met Nathan who has apparently been bullied by Greg this whole time. And we haven't seen it at all. And then Greg apologizes. So I don't believe that for a second, but that's just me. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, I still don't understand why he won. He's a hard worker. Yeah. But like, uh, wasn't it Pharaoh? Was that the other kid's name? Like, yeah, but Pharaoh just started working hard when he found out there was money on the line. So you hate to see that. You hate to see it. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the kid that like his mom needs the money? Yeah. So that's actually a really interesting thing about this episode. Is in the episode where we're talking about the root of all evil, money, uh, we get I think more of those. My family could use this money kind of things than uh, we've gotten in previous episodes. Which I I don't know how much that has to do with, you know, people need money and it was like thematically relevant or if it just was the only drama they could drum up for this episode. (laughs) Yeah. So, so Pharaoh um, and then Devad, uh, who has been like selling good at a snack shack for a while, uh, has been campaigning to get a gold star herself. Um, even going so far as to nominate herself, uh, doesn't get it. And we end the episode with a Greg esque supervillain talking point that they will see how hard I work. (laughs) (laughs) You'll all see. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I guess do anything in particular that we haven't covered already that we want to talk about uh, with the town halls. Glad that Greg got his. 
he had a rough start, but he's really come around. Happy that he got his his star, which is worth its weight in gold. <laughs> Literally. I, uh, I'm sorry, Scott, you go. Oh, you go ahead. Sorry. I was going to bring up um, Cody again um, when he went home because of his girlfriend. Um, what about it? <laughs> I just, sorry, I was, I was deciding what if I wanted to say what I had been saying all along about Cody. Cody would like throughout the series or episodes say like, I just really miss my friends. And I would say, Cody, you don't have any friends. <laughs> so mean. I know. I'm not. This is what the show does. He's nine. <laughs> and, Cody has a girlfriend. And then Cody has a girlfriend. Okay. And she had like wrote him a letter with her little school picture, like wallet mm-hmm. size school picture in there. And he is holding it and he is crying over her. And it is. That's the uh, third grade 2007 equivalent to the you up text. You up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then um, I also want to bring up that that episode, it was snowing. It actually started snowing. And I just wanted to reiterate how this should have been thought out what season they chose to do a show where kids are like living in the elements. Maybe just don't put them in the desert. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's that. <laughs> there aren't any cool ghost towns in the in yeah. the mountains though. Um I have I have one final question and then we can call it unless there's something someone is desperate to talk about. Uh and that's there's a running theme throughout this uh I mean all seven episodes really with the saloon. Uh where the kids are really mimicking drinking mm. and not just like, Oh, I'll have a root beer and then drinking that root beer, but going so far as to doing shots of soda and things like that. Uh, I guess, how, how do we feel about this? Do we feel like the producers probably shouldn't have let that happen? Is it harmless? I mean, I feel like, didn't you do this as a kid? Not Jaeger bombs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're right. Greg did do a Jaeger bomb at one point. <laughs> True. I didn't do Jaeger bombs. <laughs> but I don't know. You would like pretend that you're, you know, taking a shot of, of Coca-Cola or whatever. Mm-hmm. Also, it's inevitable when you say like, and here's the saloon. Right. Where they're going to be like... With I'm gonna go drink. Beer. My, I'm gonna go drink my sorrows away. Isn't wasn't that a thing Cody. that Cody did? Yeah. He's like, I need to get my mind off of this. And like yeah. goes to the saloon and orders a root beer. Incredible stuff with the uh, <laughs> sad harmonica music in the yeah. background. <laughs> uh, I I just I don't know. I I get where you're coming from, Alex. It just uh, it's every time I see it, it just like makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> It's like cringy, but it's like also probably stuff that like you or I did as a right. But it just doesn't make it any less cringy, right? Which yeah, I think it's also the, what they see on TV and movies and stuff, right? Which I is mean, basically the theme of the show. 
yeah, I don't know. It just makes me feel weird, but also I I definitely did that as a kid. So I did not. You were you were so straightly. So I don't even like I can't remember doing anything like that. In the eighth grade, I played um, uh, Coke Pong, <laughs> but it was like warm and flat. So it's yeah. yeah. terrible. See, when I was in high school, we played um, diluted diet Coke Pong <laughs> for the same reason. And that was the reason was there's now like a lot more incentive to win because you don't want to drink the diluted diet Coke because it's disgusting. Oh. <laughs> Fair. Uh, all right. Is there any any last thing that we want to talk about before we, we call it for episodes four, five, six, and seven of Kid Nation? Um uh, I think a thought to ponder is um what kind of waivers did these parents sign? Because they had to be short of death. <laughs> right? Yeah. I will say, uh, and this, and this, every, so every kid is paid $5,000 to be on the show. Hmm. I, I don't think that the parents have access to that money. But I also don't think that I, I mean, I don't know how hard it would be for the parents to get access to that money, I guess. Not to say that any anyone put their kid on the show because they were like, oh, five thousand bucks. Heck yeah. But. It makes kind of a gross incentive. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess uh, we have one final question uh, as we sign off here. Um, and that question is really simple. Emily, do you want to leave Bonanza? Oh my gosh. If I've gotten a gold star, <laughs> then I'm out. If I haven't. That's a great point, actually. That's <laughs> So I will also say, I don't know if they told the kids this, but there's a chance that you can win a $50,000 gold star in the last episode. Dang. Ooh. That better go to Laurel. <laughs> what a legend. Hmm. Gold star. Gold <laughs> can she get one if she's on the council? Yeah, I don't think the council votes on it. Um, well, I mean a, a regular gold star, because that's another question uh, I have. Why would you run for council if that means you... <laughs> Cannot get a gold star. More screen time. I don't know, honestly. Um, I'm trying to remember. I that's where Zach's just sitting pretty. Yeah, he got his gold star. He's now a leader. True. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> we'll move on from that question, I guess. Uh. <laughs> Uh, Scott, do you want to leave Bonanza? Oh no, I am. I'm here. <laughs> I have been this for the long haul. Uh, Jen, are you staying in Bonanza? Yeah, 
Um, as one of the little girls would say, I'm a rough and tough cowgirl. <laughs> I don't remember uh, her Alex, name. do you want to say in Bonanza? Yeah, now that we've got toothbrushes and vegetables, <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> Matching plaid shirts. Yeah. Uh, all right. I think that's all we got for you guys on Kid on Outwatch watching Kid Nation. Yes. Uh, until next time. Next time on Kid Nation. Deal with it. <laughs> that's how I ended it last time. I will Perfect. end it that way again. <laughs>